For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Damn it, Somebody tell him he's a rookie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in this week as the LA Clippers set to go into the second round against the Denver Nuggets after taking down the Mavericks in six games. We're here to break it down this week with a very special guest, former NBA vet, former slam dunk champion, and for a brief time, former Clipper Fred Jones on the show. He's a former teammate of our man, our co-host Alex Acker. So really awesome conversation coming up. Quickly before we get there, I want to let you know, of course, as always, if you enjoy the show, you can find us on Apple where you can rate, review, five stars, subscribe, do all that good stuff. If not, you can find us on Spotify, TuneIn, Google, iHeart, wherever you want. This podcast is available there. So with all of that said, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to break down Clippers' victory over the Mavs, Clippers' series upcoming with the Nuggets. We got it all with Fred Jones here in the Believe in Clippers podcast. Let's do it. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Whether you're like Charles Barkley and you want to bet the 8 seed for a sweep or you want to go with a little bit safer bet, doesn't matter. Bet Online has you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports books experts. All right, we now welcome in our guests here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. Alex and I are very happy to, to welcome in former seven-year NBA pro Fred Jones. Fred, thanks so much for, for coming on the show here today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And Fred, we were just talking a, a little bit uh, about the Clippers playoffs and everything, but before we get there, you know, you and Alex, uh, teammates back on the 08-09 Clippers, uh, you guys were already getting into some good stuff about uh, – you taking them down in some shooting drills. So, you know, we got to tell the oh, truth, man. as you guys are saying on the podcast. Man, listen, I'm going to let him. This is the <laughs> guest. So he got, the, he got the vocals first. He can say whatever he want to say. But I know the truth, man. <laughs> well, well if, if you if you know the truth, you know that I left victorious, you know, 90% of the time. I mean, I, you know, for, for us shooting on a daily basis, you won't shoot with me if I don't let you win a couple. Like I, so I gotta give you a couple. But ninety percent of the time, <laughs> I, I left victorious. Come on, man. You know dang well, man. I couldn't. I could not let you act like you wasn't. You know what I mean? I had to give you some type of some energy, bro. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I was the new kid on the block coming in. You know what I mean? So it was. A, it was a thing of just. You a veteran. I'm gonna give you your space, your time, your energy, and stuff like that, man. But you know damn well what's going on. It, honestly, you know it's it, it's Oregon versus Pepperdine. I mean, what we know what team is better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, that ain't no competition. Uh, coming out swinging early. I love it. Uh, 
and Fred, as said, thanks so much again for, for coming on the show. And uh, that's something I was curious about initially. You know, we've talked, of course, to Alex extensively about his time with the Clippers. It's almost like it's a completely different franchise from when you were there in 08. What has that been like for, for you to just see, you know, what the Clippers were then in terms of ownership and facilities and, and what they are now, of course, being a, a championship contender? Right, right. I, absolutely. Two different organizations. Um, you know, I think when, you know, when we were there, uh, even coming from some other teams, my thought pattern was the Clippers was, you know, strictly about just a product and just, you know, just making money. It wasn't about winning, um, you know, unfortunately, because uh, you could tell by some of the uh, stuff they had us do, like pregame and different things that we that we did that wasn't conducive to our schedules. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, as, as of today, uh, of course, with Steve Ballmer coming in and, you know, putting all the resources behind it, um, you know, going out and getting the players like they they're in a they're in a good space. Um, honestly, our, our team that we had, we had a lot of talent. Yeah, we just no we just didn't didn't really put it together. Um, and I don't know, you know, whether that was organization or that was us or, or what. But we we had a lot of talent over there at one point. I do know you guys had a ton of ton of injuries that year, and that played into it as well. But um, what have you seen from this current Clippers team, and especially in the playoff, just having coming off beating Dallas? Uh, what were your just impressions of of that series and how they're able to get through that and win it at six games? Well, yeah, I thought it was a really good series. I, I thought it was something that was needed. You know, I didn't I didn't expect them to you know beat Dallas in a four game sweep. Um, you know, Dallas got a lot of talent on their team, too, and was playing well at the time. Um, but the, the Clippers look good. I think they just – they did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, they didn't want to take it seven or take it longer than they needed to. They got out of the uh, the first round pretty healthy, uh, you know, able to get Patrick Beverly back in this next round. And, uh, you know, I think that was the best – the most important thing is just to get through that first round healthy and, and ready to play. Yeah, and that's a great point. We know that, especially Clipper fans know in particular, how important Patrick Beverly has been and, and likely will be as they go forward in the playoffs and getting that series done pretty much without Beverly. He just played in game one and that was it. Uh, and getting those couple of days off should help him. He's likely to come back either game one or game two of, the, of this next series. So, uh, Alex, what did you think of the, the first round? I know when we last talked, it was after game five where the Clippers played really well. What did you think of game six and, and them closing out the series? No, I think I think that was the, um, the most important thing that they needed to do was uh, not waste any more time and energy, um, get prepared um, uh, for the next round and actually see their opponents. Um, but they handled their job very well, man. And um, the game was already done, like I said, um, in the first first quarter. I think they, they knew that they was going to roll over them and um, it wasn't going to be no chance at all. Um, Dallas was a really strong team all the way up until this point, and uh, they had some great expectations and, and um, there were some good spurts of them being a contender team uh, later on down the line, you know. And um, I think the sixth game was really a, a statement that, you know, the Clippers is on the verge of actually winning a championship. I'm curious what you guys think. I know that obviously that, that series was intense. It was physical. There was all the – talking and the the fouls with Marcus Morris and Luka Doncic uh Morris got fined uh for that last one also the flagrant two where he got ejected what do you guys think of that from your vantage point because of course you're both players you both played in meaningful intense games uh what was that like from your side of things to me that's playoff basketball um you know and 
I guess in the era that we played in, you were able to, you know, to touch a little more, um, you know, than you are today. Yeah. I, under, I understand they're trying to, you know, keep people, you know, of course keep stars in the game, and they've always wanted to do that. But um, but I think it's just playoffs. You know, they don't want to give up nothing easy. Uh, you know, he wants to send a message. Uh, and I think a message was sent. But a message was sent back from Luca too, that, you know, that don't bother me. I'm still play. So, you know, you, you got to test somebody at some point. I think I think uh, Fred Jones uh, nailed it right. Um, he played overseas as well. That kind of intensity and rivalry is like an everyday game. Um, so Luka Doncic was actually, you know, he's built for that type of mentality um, and that type of, you know, energy that was put out. Uh, I don't think it was any harm done. It was just basketball, NBA playoffs, competition, you know, from that point. I used to get that treatment from Fred. He used to follow me in practice every single day, so. <laughs> no, because he couldn't shoot free throws. <laughs> well, Fred, I can already see you got the the trash talking thing down too. Uh, how how much did you employ that on the court? And you know, we've seen that as we said in this first round series. Uh, what? How much did you feel that from other players, especially in the playoffs too, in your playoff experience? No, my, myself, I, I'm a pretty quiet dude. Like, I, I ain't talk much out on the floor. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I just try to play hard. That was it. But um, today, you know, it's always you have a couple of players that talk, you know, and, and um, it's not it's not a big deal. You know, you, you grow up with that. You, you know, you, even for people that don't talk, you find, you know, like that's your, your happy place or something when somebody do talk to you, like it gets you going a little more. No, I think that's right, though. Uh, I've always been a quiet dude, but if somebody talks, I'm I'm jumping into a Super Saiyan 11 right now and going in, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm one of those guys that loves that type of energy when somebody's talking because it gets me out of my, my relaxed comfort zone, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's, this is me and you now. It's not even team, you know, ball. It's like I'm going at you every single time I touch the rock, so – uh, that energy, I love giving off that vibe and somebody talking trash to me. But most of the part, I let the game speak for myself. And it's funny, too, because the Clippers have, you know, extremes on both sides, right? They've got big-time trash talkers and, and Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris. And then they've got kind of the ultimate quiet, do-your-thing professional in Kawhi Leonard on the other side who just kind of goes about his business and dominates. Uh, it's pretty funny to see that contrast on one team, but they, they obviously are making it work. Oh, yeah, I think, I think that's that's the good thing about him. I think, uh, you know, I think Kawhi probably likes that that attention is taken off of him and they do what they do. And, uh, and he could just fly under the radar and, and give you 30. And, and they like to have somebody that they can count on that their emotions can't get out of whack. Um, you know, I, like I've heard Doc Rivers tell Patrick Beverly, and I tell my kids this all the time, be, play with emotional, play with emotion, don't be emotional. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, the, the biggest thing. He Sometimes he can go over the edge, but they have the other guys that, that have picked him up and, and got his back. Yeah, do you worry about that at all with this team? You know, we saw, as you said, maybe in the 90s it wouldn't be an ejection, but Morris getting ejected for that foul. Do you worry about that going down the line in, in future intense playoff games that, you know, that could be an issue? Well, for me, though, I think the, when Paul uh, Projinkis got that technical, that was winky dink, you know what I mean? So... I don't know if these referees got, you know, a vendetta or they trapped in the bubble, bubble trying to get they, you know, they funk back or something. But 
these these calls are are little 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 small little you know winky dink calls that that wouldn't fly back in the day when we was playing for sure. You know what I mean? People would just be getting punched to the ground and getting picked back up with no problem at all. Um, I don't know if the NBA is trying to get their money back with these technicals or what, <laughs> but um, it's it's something that uh that they're actually changing. You know, all the way to this year, I think last year where they was like, you can't even say nothing to a referee. And I was like, wow, this is going to be – I'm glad she, Wallace, is out the league. You know what I mean? He would not play. Um, some guys would definitely not play. But, yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do as far as cleaning it up. But I think the energy that's – that they can't shy away from these guys showing emotion and energy. That's basketball, you know. Um, it's hard to, for these, some of these guys to play without that that adversity and energy that's built inside them. They got to release that somehow, some way. So, as a, as a minimum, they can calm it down. But for the most part, they got to let them play and be themselves. Yeah. How much, how much do you feel like the bubble is a part of that where the no fans and it's probably, we know it's much quieter in the arena. Do you think that's affecting the officials at all where they can probably hear everything to the point where if you're in a normal atmosphere with a full crowd, it, you know, that can let some things slide? Oh, absolutely. You go you go to an open gym, there's way more fights in an open gym than it is in a real game. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's that's what this is now. It's basically open gym basketball. And, and from the player's perspective, uh, how do you get that mental switch of, we know everyone plays open gym, but just getting in the NBA mindset of, you know, getting yourself focused and playing without a crowd, how much of an adjustment do you think that's been for, for these guys? Um, honest, honestly, it's been great basketball. Um, you know, you know, so I don't really have, I don't yeah. know how much of an adjustment, you know, seemed like you would have an adjustment, but uh, the the quality of basketball, you haven't really te- been able to tell. I mean, they've been playing great basketball um, and it, it's looked good to me. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. For me, it's been shocking because I really had doubts and worries about, you know, injuries that happening from being out so long for four months. But um, for the most part, it's been really good basketball. And a lot of guys like Doc Rivers and Paul George have been saying that it's a shooter's gym, you know what I mean? Because there's no backlash as far as the backboard when they're shooting. It's just a clear view. So a lot of guys have been knocking down threes consistently at a high level. And uh, hopefully it'll keep going, you know. Well, well, I hope Paul George didn't say it was a shooting gym because he would not make shots right now. But. Uh, but hopefully it comes back to him. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> that, that's true. Obviously, we, George's struggles were well-documented. He did have a great game five and then kind of struggled shooting again in game six. But but to the overall point that Alex made, the offensive numbers have been off the charts for all of these teams, even the Clippers with Paul George struggles. Yeah. The shooting gym, it seems like defenses have been what's been lagging behind, which I think was kind of – the opposite of what people expected going into this, but it's been offense is going crazy for the most part. Been going nuts. The, the last was the fifth game five. What was the score in game five? It was something ridiculous. Yeah, 154, the third highest playoff total of all time. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous, man. In a playoff game. Right. Fred, Fred, what's the highest when you play in a playoff game, man? It was like 89 or something like that? 92, maybe. <laughs> 92. <laughs> yeah. Facts, but, man. But no, when, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, these guys, when they were off for the four months, I would say 90% of them had access to a gym where they could shoot, you know, or a court where they could shoot. You know, when you're in a gym by yourself, you're not working on defense. So your defense is going to lack, you know, after four months when you get into this bubble. So 
you know, I think everybody just got a consistency on, on shooting the ball because that's really all they could do, uh, you know, during that four months. And Fred, you mentioned Paul George's struggles and um, we know he had the bounce backs we said in game five and then has struggled shooting primarily. What have you noticed from him and his game? Is there anything sticking out to you as, that he needs to improve upon or is it just poor shooting numbers that he can kind of shake off? Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think it's anything. I think, you know, he, he's going to knock down some shots. Um, Paul, Paul does so much other stuff on the floor, uh, you know, that shooting is just not everything he brings. You know, he... He tries to guard, you know, the best players. He, uh, you know, he can get assists. He can rebound. He can do a lot more, you know, than just shooting the ball. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about it. I think he'll find a rhythm. Um, you know, he, he'll knock down a couple more. Yeah, to your point, he has had good rebounding and assist numbers in these playoffs so far, even with the shooting struggles. So going forward to this Denver series, um, what do you think of the matchup? And, you know, what are you looking forward to? Game one, of course, uh, tonight as we record this. Uh, you know, what, what are your impressions on the series with Denver? Man, Denver is a tough team. Uh, I would love to see Utah, uh, but Denver is going to be one of those teams similar to um, uh, Dallas for sure. Um, High-scoring game, um, a lot of energy. Uh, Murray's on a, a killing spree as well, and these guys are unstoppable. You know, I mean, at the front line, the offense. Um, so you got to put a lot of emphasis on that and making sure these guys stay out the key for the most part. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think this is too tough of a series. I think in the last series, um, Murray got off because uh, Gobert wouldn't come up on, on pick and roll, you know, and they was always putting bigs in a pick and roll where he could take advantage of. Uh, with the Clippers, they can play a lineup where they'll switch all of those pick and rolls and, and make it a little tough on him. Um, the Joker is going to be the problem for the Clippers. Um, you know, if they switch on him, then, you know, he can, you know, he got that down low, slow old man game. Uh, <laughs> Euro he, uh, yeah. You know, I think he's going to be the problem. They're going to have to figure out something with him. But on the other end, I don't think Denver can stop them. Uh, you know, they got too many weapons. Um, you know, every possession, I think they, as long as they find a mismatch, because they got too many weapons that can score. Yeah, the ironic thing about Denver with, you know, their two best players, of course, have been Murray and Jokic, who are dynamic on the offensive end, but they also both struggle a little bit defensively. And you mentioned, you know, Jokic is constantly dropping back on that pick and roll. And the Clippers, you know, they have great shooters, not only from three-point range, but especially in the mid-range. And that shot will likely, you know, be there for Kawhi and Paul George whenever they want it off that pick and roll. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They said that we're high enough. It's going to be curtains for sure. Um, and the Joker's definitely not coming out to guard anybody. You know what I mean? For that sake, so it's going to be a it's going to be a battle of, of how to figure out how to switch that situation of the pick and roll. Yeah, I know Den Denver had a lot of uh, a lot of injuries. Also, I know Gary Harris just played the last two games. Uh, what about Will Barton? I don't know how long Will Barton is out. Like he would. He would help them in this series to be able to, to guard and score. They need more scoring on that team. Yeah, I think Barton, at least as we last heard, he I think he left the bubble to continue his rehab on his knee. So I don't think he'll be back anytime soon. And then, uh, yeah, Harris did just come back. And obviously, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is a bit of a wild card because he's definitely, you know, a big-time offensive player, but also struggles defensively. So, yeah, Barton is a big piece that they've been missing. And, you know, Harris, too, he struggled offensively. But – he gives them, you know, another dynamic defender on the wing.
Right, right. Yeah. They got to play my young fella, Bo Bo, uh, Oregon Duck. <laughs> sure, you're not, you're not going to get much more length than, uh, than Bo Bo on the court. You can right, definitely right. Uh, shake things up. Damn, Oregon. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, we everywhere. Yeah, y'all, y'all everywhere. I'm actually out here in Italy right now with a, uh, a Oregon Duck, Marty Looney. If you know, Marty Looney. Yeah. I, I played. Oh, with Marty about a month ago, month or two ago. Oh, okay. His slow, methodical, efficient game, though. He's he's hey, he's a pro. Keep man. getting them checks. Yeah. Keep getting them checks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, guys, t- touching on the matchup again, you know, obviously Jokic, as you said, is probably the, the toughest cover for the Clippers. Uh, we know that Zubats has played really well for the Clippers. What do you see them with the center minutes in guarding Jokic? What's the best, you know, strategy for the Clippers. Do you think Zubat should play more? We know Jermichael Green has had good minutes at the five. Of course, Montrez as well. Uh, where do you think their best option is in trying to defend Jokic on, on that end of the floor? Well, defending Jokic, I think Zubac is, is the best option. Uh, you know, but being able to play him on the other end, I think Jermichael Green, where you can spread the floor, uh, you know, and pull him out of the paint. Even though with, with, with uh, Jokic, you know, if I go to the basket on him, I'm not thinking he's going to block my shot anyway. So uh, it's not that he's protecting the rim. But, uh, you know, when Jermichael Green is in the game, then you got five people that can play on the perimeter, and that opens up that paint. I think he hit a dead run for sure. Um, it's just going to be a fig- figuring out um, who's going to be able to play and who's going to be able to actually provide some, some depth as far as that defensive spot, you know, um, with that five-man. Um and what they're going to play with uh, the Joker is they're going to move him to the point guard again and, you know, stretch out the court or that he's going to play his natural position. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I do think that this series could go long, but I kind of, Fred, I, come, I kind of agree with you. I think that if the Clippers are on their A game, they have a chance to make this, you know, maybe like a five-game series. Uh, obviously, we'll get a good, you know, gauge of things in game one to see kind of where both teams are at, Denver's fatigued. Uh, just kind of where it's at after, you know, the first couple of games. But I think that there's at least an opportunity for the Clippers to, if they're focused, to kind of put their imprint on this thing early. Right. I think I think it's all the first game. Uh, if the Clippers come out and, and, and play well the first game, then I think it's a really quick series. And what have you seen from the rest of the playoffs? We know there's been some surprises. Obviously, Miami now going up 2-0 on Milwaukee. Boston up 2-0 as well. Um, of course, the great series between the Rockets and the Thunder with Houston pulling it off the other night, and now their series upcoming with the Lakers. What have you seen from some of these other series, and uh, you know any thoughts or predictions you have on those series going on? Well, I, I want to know why the Thunder didn't throw that ball to Stephen Adams over the top. Like, like, that was that was <laughs> when, crazy. When the lane experience. was wide open for the yeah, rim. Like, do y'all not see this? Like that was the craziest <laughs> thing to me. But um, uh-huh. but yeah, no, that. Was, and then throw it to Adams at the three-point line right. of all things, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, I, you know, like I said, it's been a really good playoff series. Uh, this Miami Heat series, I, I actually picked Miami to win that series over Milwaukee. Uh, Miami got a lot of dogs that just play hard, and they, and they play the right way. So uh, it's hard to – you know, they're going to always be in a tough game. And Milwaukee, what we've learned is – they get in a tough, uh, tight game down the stretch. They don't have any a go-to guy that can go create his own shot. Um, you know, so that's that's why Miami is, you know, Jimmy Butler is their guy, and they got multiple guys that can go get a bucket. Dragic, 
you know, and then there Tyler Hero, a couple more. So um, I think Miami for sure will win that series. I still got Milwaukee for that one, though. I definitely got the Greek freak, man. He gonna he gonna surprise us, man. He's gonna he's gonna prevail. Well, that that kind of leads into the question I was gonna ask too. Is we know that you know Giannis, of course, league MVP, incredible player. Uh, but we saw in the series against the Raptors last year, of course, they had Kawhi, who was kind of built to to slow him down, and teams have kind of packed the paint on him in the playoffs. Do you think that, you know, that is what Miami's doing, and that's, you know, the formula to beating a team like that and beating him in the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you they are – they're locked in. Like, Miami was the worst team for them to play because they – like I said, they they follow Eric Spolstra's game plan, and and that's the game plan. And they uh, they're sitting right there to to not let him get to the paint. So, um, they the rest of their team just hasn't been. You know, they don't have that person that can just creep break down the defense. Uh, you know, Chris Middleton is a great player, but he don't got that wiggle to him that can get in the paint and make plays for other people. The person that makes plays for them is Giannis, and is he is tough right now. So. Uh, you know, I, I think Miami, Miami probably in five. Wow. Miami in five. Big t- I like the uh, boldness of the prediction. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, you said you've got Milwaukee. So what, what, what makes you think they're going to, they're going to turn it around? No, I think they just got to figure out a small piece and, and stop having Giannis with, with 10 eyes on him trying to create for himself you know, against guys that, that are waiting for him to create. You know what I mean? He got to get it on the post and, and slowly but surely make sure he has um, the pieces that's around him that they got that are set shot shooters that can knock down shots with their feet set instead of trying to create and wasting so much energy up top and, and getting in trouble in double teams and stuff like that. So once they figure that out and bringing him down and he can actually post these guys up, get to where he needs to get to, and stop trying to waste so much energy, it'll be a lot more smooth. And we know another series that we're really excited about is, is now the Rockets and the Lakers, which two teams that pretty much couldn't play any differently. you got the Rockets who are going, you know, they're small ball, they're going to shoot a ton of threes, and the Lakers who like to play big with multiple big men on the court. Uh, what do you think about that series and what that'll lead to? Man, it's, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if the small ball is going to work this, this series, uh, you know. Anthony Davis is a problem. If you get him matched up on a small, then you know that's the that's the outlier outlier that you know they haven't played against. You know, a, a person like Anthony Davis. So um, I think that's the that's the biggest mismatch. You know, in this series, and he he might average forty in this series. Yeah, I mean Davis against a regular big man can go off, and then if you're throwing, you know, guys who are five six right. inches smaller than he is, he he might feast on that one. He's right, bro. Uh, Anthony Davis is a, is a is a monster, man. So it's gonna be hard for them to match him up. It's gonna be hard to double team him as well. Um, this guy is a point guard inside, you know, a big man's body, and you know, sky's the limit of what he can do on the perimeter as well as in the post as well. So um, they got their hands full trying to figure that out. And I see James Harden actually playing a little bit more defense, which is great. You know what I mean? Because they're gonna definitely need that moving forward into this series. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I think, you know, for the Rockets, it's – which it always is. It's how well they can shoot from three. You know, if they're shooting, like they did in the first round, 53-point attempts a game, you know, any game that they get hot, they have a shot to, to steal. But it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see that contrast of styles and see who comes out in that one. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think we 
like everyone predicted for the whole year, you know, I think we're all expecting to see the Battle of L.A. Obviously, we won't see it in L.A. We'll see it in the bubble. But uh, is that what you guys are expecting? Both these teams to take care of business and, and meet up like we all kind of anticipated at the start of the year? Oh, yeah, I, de I definitely think that's what the that's what it's gearing up for. Um, you know, I think both both teams shouldn't have that big of a problem in this round. Um, and, you know, I think both of them are going to be hunting to to get their series over quickly so they can get rested for that for that run. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. If, that, if it comes to that, Fred, who you think who you think going to win, man? Lakers or the Clippers? Oh, I'm rocking with the Clippers. Let's go. Let's go. You ain't getting no check no more. You ain't getting no check no more. You a host. You know what I mean? You can you say right. it. You, you, say you it right. Your chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not, not at all. I, I've always, like the whole season, uh, you know, and I told him before we got on it, Clippers got too many guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's where the league comes to. The Lakers got two guys that does it consistently. Uh, you know, I think, you know, so – I, I always go with, you know, the more, the more skilled, the more, you know, all paper. the guys that can do it all. Facts, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. What's on paper from, from A, from point guard all the way down, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and no team's going to be able to, you know, stop LeBron or AD, but obviously there's there's no team that's more well-equipped to at least make it difficult or throw more, more bodies like Kawhi and Paul George and Marcus Morris to at least – make LeBron especially, you know, work for everything that he can get and, and try to make it tougher on him and, and the Lakers in general. Yeah. No, absolutely. It'll be fun. No, I know that. I know I'll be watching every minute. Yeah, I think we all, we've all been waiting for that one and, and hopefully we'll get to see it. We know the Clippers got to get through the Nuggets first. Uh, Fred, before we let you get out of here, uh, we know that you're, of course, you said a former NBA pro. You won the slam dunk contest. I got to know, did you – uh? You throw any down on our man Alex here in practice ever? Or man, oh, before we before we get to that question, I gotta figure out how the hell did Magic Johnson give you a ten on that first dunk? What yeah, the I'm, hell? You threw it off the ground and just baby dunked it. Come on, tell you bro. Guess what? I, I I got the trophy. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, ain't lied about that. That's true. Hey, I don't. I can't, you I can't control what, what the scores they put up. I just do what I do. Honestly, yes, that was a terrible duck. I give you that. That wasn't what it was meant to be. <laughs> Thank it you. That's all I did. It was meant to be extended and, you know, throwing a little little off. But it just happened. It almost went in. Yeah, I see. So, you so, got yeah. that, too, though. You got those, too. Facts, man. Hey, I wanted to – I wanted to, since I got you on here, man, um, Jess, he's the main reason why I met my wife. Wow. Uh, if you don't remember out in Milan, man, you actually pushed me into uh, really? my wife. Oh. <laughs> 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 and we started talking, yeah. So I've been, I've been, uh, I've been with her for really? nine years, bro. Oh, um, I mean, I'm yeah, I met my I'm wife out here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, so... Yeah, definitely wanted to, you know, give my love and say thank you. appreciate it, even though we was out right, here right. chilling no, and stuff. Congratulations. Yeah, that's good. Shoot, I appreciate yeah. it, man. That's, that's amazing. That's, <laughs> Fred, you can add it to the already robust resume you got. 
NBA veteran, NBA slam dunk champion, and, match, and matchmaker yeah. as well. Celebrity matchmaker. <laughs> matchmaker. I need a TV show. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah, another stream of revenue coming in. Fred Jones, celebrity matchmaker. Hit him up. Let him know. Jones, what you got on, man? Uh, for the, I heard you told me, you told me you got um not a camp, but you got a gym that you uh, just built and stuff, man, out there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So Shoot 360, um, you know, technology-based gym. Uh, it gives you feedback on uh, all the shots that you shoot in the gym. We got uh, ball handling and passing stations where it's um, screens in front of you. So you're hitting screens and targets. Uh, it's, That's dope. It's the – I don't know. I, I mean, your man, I, he said he's been in it, but it's almost like top golf for basketball. Like uh, it's, it gives you the opportunity to, you know, to just have fun, you know, for kids to have fun, yeah. but it also gives, you know, the, the best players in the world is, is the ability to get better also. So, um, you know, we just, we, we focus on skill development and shooting. So we, we create better shooters. We create better ball handling, ball handlers and passers. So that's dope. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I know that those are, you know, popping up all over the country. I know there's some out here in California and Los Angeles as well. So, yeah, if you're out there, check out Shoot360, uh, Shoot360.com and on, you know, on Instagram and any of your social media. Um, be sure to follow that. And if you're in Indianapolis, you know, check it out. Fred Jones, you got Shoot360 over there. That's uh, great stuff you got going on. Absolutely. Come see me. All right. Well, Fred, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate the time. Uh, and we're going to go enjoy some uh, some game one, Clippers Nuggets, and uh, be able to talk with us down the line. But but thanks so much again for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good All right, bro. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. We'll be back with some analysis of the Clippers and Nuggets early games. Of course, game one here today on a Thursday. Game two taking place on Saturday. We'll have an update. Uh, within those two games to break things down and see how the series is going. But we got you covered here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now you can follow us and listen wherever you find podcasts. Follow along at the Believe Podcast handles at Believe Podcast and at Believe Sports. And follow Alex Acker and I and check out Shoot360 where Fred Jones has got some work going on there. So with all of that said, we'll look forward to Clippers Nuggets. Thanks again for tuning in here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.